Hey everyone, this is Amy Steele, also known as Ginny, from Friday the 13th, part two. And when I'm not studying up on child psychology, what if there really is a Jason? I'm listening to the Nightmare Junkhead podcast. Listen or be dead. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from. This is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that always knows where the corkscrew is located in his house at every single moment. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're traveling back 34 years to talk the terrorizing trailers from 1984 with a fan commentary track for Trailer Traumas 3's 80s Horathon. But before we get into that, let me remind you we're part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. And you can find all of our past episodes at boomhowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your nope hole. All up in the absolutely nope, because nope. We, we will be about three films in when you're going to start hearing the nopes, I believe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are going back to the uh, one of our favorite Blu-rays from the last few years. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about always talking about the um, the boutique Blu-rays that are ex- that exist. Uh, Garage House Pictures has provided some wonderful trailer compilations. And the one that we've talked about many a times already here on the podcast, at least two commentaries <laughs> that we've done for some of the trailers. Uh, I believe we did one for '88, mm-hmm. uh, one for 1985 and 1986, yep. and one here that we're about to do for the banner year of 1984. So what you need to do here, gang, is to break out your '80s trailer trauma three horror thon Blu-ray, and you know what? If you don't have it. It's, it's okay. okay. We're simply talking about tra- <laughs> trailers that I guarantee you know and love, and we're just going right. to be gushing over those particular films for two to three minutes. So if you don't have the Blu-ray, I, these are one of those commentaries that you can listen right along with. Exactly. And if you're really hard-pressed and you really want to see the trailer, if you don't have the Blu-ray, you can just search it. That's right, yeah. YouTube exists. You can yeah. go down a YouTube hole there. Yeah. So we do a uh, Lethal Weapon-style countdown here. Oh, but before we begin, remember we have no affiliation with any of the films you're about to, we're talking about, or any of the trailer editors. So we are merely just fans who dig trailers. And we are on the selection screen here for 1984, so that would be trailer number 51 mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're going to be starting <laughs> with. Again, yeah, you get so much good stuff with this particular uh, this particular disc here. Really highly recommend seeking it out there. Uh, so, Genius, ready to get this started? Let's do this. Okay. In lethal Weapon style. Yep. So. All right. Ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, play. Conjuring up in the hills, there's a legend of old Sasquatch. We're talking about Boggy Creek 2. The Back bog- to the bog? <laughs> the bogging. <laughs> electric electric, electric bogaloo. <laughs> well, this is one of those films Watch that... Watch out for Sam Squanch. <laughs> well, this is one of those films that I always remember... <laughs> He's about to fuck up Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> Well, this was long before the WWE got into films there. I think Hillbilly Jim was looking for a side gig. You know, and again, very regional and territorial there. It would it would actually fit to logic that Hillbilly Jim would right. be in The Legend of Boggy Creek 2. <laughs> this is actually one of those, especially the original, I always remember the VHS cover mm-hmm. being infinitely more frightening it than was, the actual movie. Right. The Boggy Creek movies were almost the Hills Have Eyesian. 
posters with, cover arts. With Bigfoot. And right. this is that whole Bigfoot genre of films that go... F- Foot-sploitation? Foots, I, I mean, it's, it has to exist as a subgenre. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, people are still making them today. Yes. These Bigfoot films. And let's face it, you know, when you're looking at a cheaper kind of exploitation genre... Ooh, ooh, poor taste there. Right, poor taxidermy deer head. And if you've ever listened to the podcast, we've had taxidermist on. So, hey, <laughs> yes, we know what we're talking about here. And, you know, honestly, this is one of those films that we could probably ultimately screen as kind of a uh, kick it in the summer film. Right. Or again, with the uh, the cameo there from the goddamn Sam Squid's going to get him my moonshine. You know the best thing that in the WWE or the W actually this was the WWF back right. in those days. But there was um, Hillbilly Jim had his whole clan of. And I guess that's the wrong I guess word to say there with that era. But he had his his whole little uh, crew. His yeah, yeah his, his stable. There was a, a cousin. God, there was like Uncle Elmer. Yeah, Big Country Joe and uh, Hungry Earl and all that. But Which Charles B. Pierce's Buggy Creek too. And, and they, the legend continues. And the legend, not like comma. And sadly, it's not the legend of Curly's Gold or anything along those lines. Now, we do have a green band trailer coming up, which means we don't get any of the good stuff. But we do get a terrifying Stephen King story. Of he who walketh behind the rose. This movie is fucked up because <laughs> kids are creepy in the first place. I'm not saying all kids, but if they're creepy kids, they're fucking creepy kids. Well, you know what? If they're a kid and they show up in a Stephen King film or they're, a Stephen King story. They're either the villain or the fodder. One of the two. And if you are a, a redhead like Courtney Gaines, and obviously we are big fans, be it Hard Bodies or any of these genre films, The Burbs in and of itself, Mm -hmm. this is a film that always actually terrified me more in concept and reputation than when I finally saw it. And and Isaac is creepy, too. And Linda Hamilton does great in this movie. Linda Hamilton, even this is back in 84, so this is actually the same year as The Terminator. So she was knocking it out of the park with genre fair. Yeah, she was. And he wants you, Malachi. Ugh, fuck Isaac. Fuck he creepy kids. He was very, he, he beyonds in the upper pantheon of creepy kids. That designer scene was dope. And honestly, scene. I love the fact that. And, and I, an adult nightmare. An adult nightmare, but also just that background image with the, the scythe. Uh-huh. That is another one like the Boggy Creek that kind of haunted my dreams. Uh, without seeing anything of the film, but just knowing what that... V- and again, nothing that could be- exist beyond that VHS cover could match what I had built up in my own head here. Uh, so we Fuck get- this. Fuck this. Nope. 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 Uh-uh. Uh, you can't tap out on this one, Genius. We aren't in the WWF, unfortunately. Hand uh, is on the rope. You got to go in. The, or underground, I should say. The only good thing about this Chud trailer, it's not the Chud trailer. You know what I'm saying? The, the first... See this scene right there? Maybe it was. Now, see, is this... Okay, so if you've this, ever listened to the podcast... This this right there. See, that gave me such, that that whole scene. I'm five years old, watching that, shitting my pants, and seeing these monsters come out of nowhere, banging on the door. This is nightmare fuel. These are fears to this day. I was going to say, baby genius was really taking all of this in, not realizing what an impression it would make on in your life because... To this day, no. To this day, you do not walk on grates, do you? Mm-mm. Nope, no grates, manhole covers, uh, sewer grates, electrical grates, anything that leads to underground, I will go around. And it has all been built around this particular film, which 
we got a chance to watch not too terribly long ago. Fuck and, Chud. And it's still- I, just, I like it. It's a great movie. I mean, it's not a great movie. It's a good cheesy monster movie underground thing. But just no, no. But it's also one that like, actually celebrates dirty New York as well. I do love dirty New York. And anytime you get to highlight dirty New York, it almost feels like kind of like a Larry Cohen film. Absolutely. In all honesty. Cannibal humanist, cannibalistic humanoid underground dollars. But now we got a red band trailer, so we're going to get some good stuff. Well, a red band trailer always promises good stuff. And Especially when you throw... with the Canon logo right after it. Well, that's that's a combination that you cannot go wrong with. But this is actually when... They actually had some other distributors putting out their films because this is actually a werewolf film called In the Company of Wolves that it has been quite a spell since I have seen. This one I saw because we were it was part of Canon Madness. and Back when we did that on Nerds, uh-huh, correct? Uh-huh. And it was an interesting tale. All like weird Red Riding Hood anthologistic with with Paul McCartney telling stories of or I mean that's Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. With, she she rode into town and I'm sure shenanigans came about. <laughs> yeah. It's no coincidence folks. Murder she wrote indeed. Mm-hmm. Actually I've used bits and pieces of this for any pre-show when we're uh, working with werewolves cuz there's some good transformation scenes. And in I, this. again going back to VHS coverage, do you remember the VHS cover for this? With the werewolf coming out of the person's oh, mouth. Oh, that Yeah, that, that was scary. was not necessarily my chum. But that image was always very striking to me and frightening. Now, this movie isn't the best, but it's one, it's an interesting anthology center on werewolves specifically. And two, there's such. Right there, right. That, that, that's it. There it was. And such different styles. I mean, like, they're all different types of transformations in film. That, that one's a good rewatch. Well, even the, the year after that, we get another one with Silver Bullet. Piss on the Yankees. <laughs> Which I think we've already mentioned. Oh, you want to talk about great. Um, underseen anthologies and a film that was a staple for me on HBO, but the Dungeon Master. Uh huh. Have you seen? Have, has it been a while, or have it you seen this been one? Forever since I've seen this. This is a really interesting one because this is an Empire film, so this uh, it's a band production, right? But ultimately, what it was is they serve this. Um, you got Richard Mole playing the Dungeon Master, this character right here. Bull Harley or Bull Shannon? Bull Shannon from Night Court. And he's he's glorious and over the top. And listen to this line reading here. Darkness. It's wonderful. It's cheesy. But he sends him away because the guy, this guy here, he's basically like a tech genius in the real world. Uh-huh. And so the dungeon master takes him in to make him compete in all these different worlds. So you would get a different style of like effects. So in this one, you got like the Harryhausen stop motion effects. Yeah. And then he has to fight him. And then with each zap, here is the John Carl Beekler. Um, of course it is. He's the one that directed this portion. Uh, and you've got all these different than little segments, so it works as a very unconventional anthology. Yeah. Because the basically kind of the wraparound story is him getting zapped, and this guy ultimately trying to... You get the kind of the waxwork uh-huh. uh, little thing here. Would you like uh, a closer look? <laughs> uh, the band, the heavy metal band Wasp, shows up in this film. <laughs> it's wonderful. They're actually uh, agents of the Dungeon Master, of course. Of course. Um, it's a film that I I saw plenty of times, like I said, on HBO. Uh, and it was one of those that was originally entitled Rage War. And this is also featured on another trailer compilation called uh, Trailer Wars, mm. which is maybe, again, where we had seen it initially as well. Maybe. Uh, in fact, actually, yeah, no, because the the movie that follows uh, the Dungeon Rage Master War on Trailer Wars uh-huh. at Right Rage War Productions, right there, is a uh, Animal Protector. 
Do you remember that one with David Carradine? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah I it's do. It's fantastic. Oh. I'm the fire starter. <laughs> Twisted fire starter. How just awesome and precocious was Drew Barrymore back in the early 80s? She was the early 80s. Wasn't she? For yeah. many of us, yeah. we grew up right along with her. Uh-huh. And then anytime you could then get her involved with the Stephen King adaptation, that's not an anthology. That's not Cat, uh, Cat's Eye, which... Uh, I deserves like, a rewatch. I like it. I liked it. But um, Firestarter is a film that actually Scream Factory just put a Blu-ray out of it recently. I need to rewatch it because it's probably since been since I last saw it on HBO since uh, I've actually taken it in. It was on cable uh, a couple of years ago, and I checked it out. George C. Scott is a fucking monster. He <laughs> He's horrible in this movie. It's it's like so he looked at the script he's like okay so I get to terrorize a little girl right uh, sign me in fine exactly. whatever exactly oh this is gonna be a real cathartic well you've also this is the time when you know you've get Martin Sheen in your in a Steve well this is not the last time you see Stephen King, uh, Martin Sheen in the Stephen King adaptation right he shows up in the Dead Zone as well um, but this is ultimately when you'd get this kind of a ca- caliber of actor in a lot of these adaptations and of course you get a David Keith here, not Keith David, which <laughs> while both of them are still on the planet, why we don't have a Keith David, David Keith buddy, buddy cop, cop movie. Hell yeah. You guys are fl- just, you know, with every day that passes is a day where we don't have that thing. They it, could just remake Lethal Weapon and it would still be great. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. We have an, in a finite I'm amount of time here. This shit. Well, you know, uh, uh, Keith David is actually replacing Clarence Williams III. For the shit. Which I'm anxious to see. I, I need to see how this holds up, though, because any kind of um, telekinesis power, pyro power, if you will, and also the score done by Tangerine Dream, uh-huh. which if I can track that down, it would be a great excuse to rewatch Firestarter and do a What's the Score based on anything with Tangerine Dream. The twisted Firestarter. Ah, uh, now it's a Paramount in the 80s. Ah, uh, and we do hear the... Could it be April Fool's? <laughs> yes, April Fool's Day. No, it's it's... Of course, we're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> this is one we recent. The, in fact, the most recent Friday the Thirteenth that fell here, we did a commentary track for this particular film mm-hmm. uh, for uh, the final chapter, and we showed it at our uh, Friday the Thirteenth triple feature, and it played great. It killed just like Jason Voorhees does. Mm-hmm. This is one, and obviously we've done a commentary track for it, so we obviously hold it in high esteem. Uh huh. Um, this is a film that. I think works as a scary film. I think there's some genuine scares in it. Um, it's got some of the best characters in it, yeah, obviously. It's, it's got some uh, levity in it. It's got, <laughs> yes. a, it's got a corkscrew. It's yes. fantastic. Um, it's, oh. you, you get that great little kind of setup kill right there. Um, <laughs> what's his bucket from Hell Knight? Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had actually had a really good 80s. And, uh, Judy Aronson. <laughs> it's uh, even... Jesus Christ. Oh, man. That, he yeah. is the, what is he, the the Super Bowl of self-abuse? Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is also the film that features multiple, multiple instances of people diving out this of windows. This is where half the budget went to sugar glass. For sugar glass, indeed. Uh, but it wasn't indeed the final chapter. Well, obviously not. <laughs> April I think, Fools. Yeah. I think that was my... the. My favorite part of the the, uh, the the triple feature we hosted, we did everything we chronologically. We started with the final chapter. And we started with the final chapter. There's something kind of all sorts of wonderful with that one. Now, this is a particular film. This is actually, we get into some of the monster movies here. 
Um, and actually, one of the joys of trailer trauma, this one in particular, is when we did our initial viewing, we should have kept track because there were a lot of films where you and I were both like, shit, how did we miss this one? Yeah. Or where did this one come up? And Mutant is one of those that I remember distinctly again, again, God bless the mom and pop VHS stores, Blockbuster. What? Again, even praising Blockbuster now, we're, we're that desperate. That cover was dope. You remember the that one? cover where he's like, he's got the face and looks mm-hmm. all Geiger-y and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, again, one that's on my radar, that's on my kind of my blind spot, because but I never I've sought never, it out. I've never seen it either. I mean, the cover was always dope, but it was always there. Was, so, you know, you're like, eh, I can come back to it. It'll be here. You know? Well, for me, it was more taunting, I think, than anything. Uh, but even, I, I think this is the first time I've actually experienced the trailer as well. And let me, fa- let me say this as well, and again, just promoting it here, but I love having then on, on hand a great looking collection of horror trailers yeah you know because there's there's a lot there's even an evil dead 2 trailer in here that when you see it online it's always missing the actual dead by dawn font on the very end of the trailer and in here when i first saw it i was like oh there it is and it was so thank you garage house pictures is another way of saying that and also go check out mutant right now, staying obviously in the year of 1980. Oh man, this is another one and another one. Thank you, What's... Boutique Blu-rays. This is the Mutilator. Oh, and again, another VHS cover. Do you remember the the particular thing that he was holding? He was is holding a, little... a scalp, wasn't he? It was. Was it? I believe it was a hook, if I remember right. Hold on, talk about it. I'm going to the interwebs. <laughs> hmm. I don't, this one I have not seen, and it looks like I need to check it out. Well, no, this is one of those, I think, not necessarily next level slashers, um, but this is one of those that goes beyond. You know what I'm saying? This is Uh something that you're not necessarily going to break out on a first watch, especially if someone that's new to horror. Oh, okay. Because this, if I remember right, this one does uh, feature some Tom Savini effects on it which was kind of the high point and the sh- kind of the selling point of this particular film mm-hmm. here it is it was that little hook oh you remember okay, that one? okay yeah i do yeah i do yeah titillating very, very much so well that's again that's what these particular films sold well this is actually you know ultimately i was late to the game on was my bloody valentine oh yeah because of the uh because on a cold february morning it's that ballad of harry warden kind of mm-hmm. freaked me out no that's the, a cool design yeah, but this is another one that got the boutique Blu-ray treatment, and which again we live in an era where the Mutilator mm-hmm. gets a, like a two K stand, a two K scan. It's unreal. It looks cool. It's I've heard it's decent, but like much like like a lot of the stuff in like the mid '80s, the pacing's kind of an issue. Ah, well, we got boobs right up in there and, and was, a kill. And was this actually a red band trailer? No, it was. I think it was a green band. I think it kind of slipped through the cracks there. Uh huh. Good, good old Buddy Cooper, I guess. But it did take him a year to get out because that one did copyright at 1983. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, is this a, now is this American? American, yep. Oh, oh no, Atlantic, Atlantic releasing. <laughs> now this actually might be, if I remember right, this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Teenage Comet zombies out there. Uh huh. We, you actually had a chance to see this with Joe Bob Briggs, right? I did, and he did his little thing. It was, it was really great. He did the countdown and how many things, and look out for crooked cops, and like, it was, it was, it was awesome. And Kelly Maroney just killing it in this. In fact, this is a film that was one of those. It had been a long time since I had seen it, and I had some people go, "Oh man, it doesn't hold up as well." 
And then I went and I, and I thought it held up wonderfully. Yeah, it's I was going to call shenanigans on not holding up. Perfectly it's... aged 1984 cheese, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and just, again, all of it, just every element just comes together, especially with one Kelly Moroni, who has we've featured here many, multiple times on the podcast. <laughs> Kelly Moroni and the same mall. Yeah, you know, that mall, yeah. It, oh, my God, it really has, actually. Yeah. I think it becomes kind of the unofficial third uh, co-host here of the podcast. The mall, mall of the 80s. But uh, Catherine Mary Stewart, though, was one that I always had a crush on. From that, The Apple, uh, she showed up on that um, Canon Films documentary. Apple? Yeah. Ah. And 1984 did indeed give us the, and I know Wes Craven never intended this to be a franchise, never intended Freddy Krueger to be more than just, you know, a boogeyman for a, a horror movie. Done, but yeah. I'm glad he, I'm glad he did. I'm glad he became one of the most ultimate uh kings of horror. Yeah, and be, you know, whatever your opinion is of the Nightmare franchise, that's fine. I'm a big fan of it, but you no one can deny the pure horror that is a Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. That film still holds up to the today. Yep. That initial scare with um with Tina when he pops up behind her, good lord have mercy. Now I don't know how this one shows up on a horror movie trailer compilation, but God bless him for it because there are elements of The Exorcist. It's horror. I'll count it as horror. But on top of The Exorcist, there's also elements of aerobics. There's elements of V8. Lots of V8. We have some of the hairiest shoulders on a cop that you'll ever see. This is Ninja 3, The Domination. She, well, you know what? He's a total slasher, and he possesses her, and she becomes a fucking total slasher. You know, he's straight up a Jason Voorhees at the beginning of this particular movie. Now, this is one I know you had a chance to see for the first time in my backyard, right? Oh, it was great. Well, Scream Factory originally put this out on Blu-ray, like, probably five years ago, and I don't think they anticipated the the actual love that people had for this film, because when it, the minute they announced it, I was like, holy shit, that's a, that's a must-buy for me, because this is one of those that along with Revenge of the Ninja, which is the second, and Enter the Ninja, which is the first of this particular trilogy. Um, I was a huge, huge fan of it. And Sho Kazuki. Oh, yeah. Always a big... And, of course, um, Lucinda Dickey from Breakin'. And actually, Breakin' 2 came out the same year as well as 84. And she was breaking down in this one, too, doing her little aerobics thing and her dance. And if you haven't seen this film, pair it with V8... Any way you can, yeah, I yeah. guarantee you will not be disappointed. <laughs> it's it's a it's a pleasure of a little film, um, one that again I'm glad people are actually actually coming to now. Mm-hmm. Now this next one here, which is Scream for Help, this is one actually I am not familiar with. However, no. wow, this is actually um, Michael Winner did this film. Michael Winner that gave us. Death Wish. Yeah. Death Wish 2 and Death Wish 3. So it's sleazy. It's I mean, very sleazy. Like, even at the beginning, it's sleazy. Well, it's also written by Tom Holland. Oh, and okay. this is like right before he then in 85 gave us, uh, wrote and directed Fright Night, but this is about the time afterwards he did Psycho 2. But apparently it plays kind of like a kind of enhanced after school special. <sighs> Like an after-school special with murder? With murder and, yeah, po- possible weird shenanigans. Um, but on the Shockwaves podcast, they were talking about how they really wish people could see... This is like a film that would probably be enhanced by seeing it with a crowd. Uh-huh. It's not necessarily one of those films that you want to see by yourself because it just probably wouldn't have the same effect. Right. But, like, there's actually a couple of films like this throughout this uh, this compilation 
that kind of had this feel. There was the uh, the first was it the uh, not was it the first Wives Club? Yeah, the first Wives Club. Yes. Um, there's another one in here, uh, The Kiss with uh, Meredith Salinger. I liked that movie. What do you want? A kiss. I liked that movie. I saw it in the theater. Yeah, so there's a number of them in here that, like I said, any good trailer compilation should give you the ones that you're familiar with, mm-hmm. but then they should give you those deep cuts where you go, oh, I need to see this film. Yeah. This looks weird. Well, again, it, it fits that mold of just lifetime through the winter lens, which you really don't want to look through that lens. A lifetime you... horror movie. <laughs> well, you know, you kind of <gasps> you kind of had that old Polaroid. Shenanigans. The kids are not going to understand the Polaroids, I'm afraid. Well, I think we Uh-oh. actually even talked about with uh, James Balsamo with the uh, the the photo ops. You should do them with the, the Polaroids if they can find them. Exactly. Because it does add that little that kind of like sleazy factor to it. Spe- Man, the 80s were all about throwing people in wheelchairs around, weren't they? <laughs> they didn't really get a, a fair hand on that one through Friday 2. But scream, scream for help. The Devil Times 5, this one. Well, I'd even go so so to the fact that, you know, nowadays, they don't really, we, you say, and we're going to sound old, but they don't tr- make trailers the way they used to. No, they don't. You know? <laughs> Now they have t- now they have trailers for trailers. Yeah, they do. They have they have teaser trailers for the teaser trailer to announce the trailer. Right. It's absolutely insane. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they keep track of it, but one way or the other, it apparently works. Now, oh, now, now this one, we all love. This was, I think, for many a people, their first intro into horror. Uh-huh. Genius, do you dare walk down terror in the aisles? I love. Terror in the Isles. This movie is so good. I saw this in the theater. I was expecting a horror movie, but it got so much more. This opened so my eyes to so many interesting things. In fact, I got one of those promotional. It was a promotional cardboard thing. It's it's about At like Panic Fest. Yeah, I remember that. it's about like two feet tall, and it's it's the skull with all the names of the horror movies in it. It is great. And ultimately, it, you want to talk about a compilation. <laughs> Those bark flowers, did you see? Fucking banjo dog. Yeah, this is so many people. Probably this was their gateway into horror. Mm-hmm. How many people sought out these films based um, on this alone? Mm-hmm. And you'd have to, you'd all, you'd have to do is wait till the end when they show you the list of, and they would talk about the films. So yep. this was almost like the internet before the internet existed. Right. This was like one like a movie long of Watch Mojo. Yeah, exactly. And well, and horror nerds like us, this is what we initially really got us into everything to yeah. the point now where we are doing podcast and commentaries yeah. for things like this. Yeah, no, Terror in the Island, Heather Wixon, I know she was a huge fan of it as well. And oh, the Marco Troma. Oh, here we go. This, this is this is a water a watershed in like sleaze. You know what I'm saying? I think this movie like I don't want to say legitimized trauma because trauma's trauma, but it definitely made trauma the thing it is now. And this the house that Toxie built. It's truly, and this is the film that gave it to us. This is the film that established everything you need to know with the trauma film. Uh, but this is also trauma gave us so many other artists: uh, James Gunn, Joe Lynch, Uncle Lloyd himself, James James Balsamo. I mean, every there are so right. many people that have taken influence from what his his do-it-yourself ethos. Um, His sense of humor. Yes. And also the fact that, you know, you sell films on filth. 
yeah. in many in many ways. Like this is a film that is dirty to watch, but also throwing old ladies into trash compactors, running over kids, right? But it's a film that also technically is kind of fun to watch. It Even is. that guy right there that shows up, he you know who he is uh, in the next year, nineteen eighty five. If you were a fan of Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins, uh-huh. he's the guy with the Tiffany tooth. Oh, okay. Who's your dentist? Tiffany's? <laughs> but also the fact that the whole transformation, <laughs> and this is actually a trailer that if you haven't ever, you don't need to necessarily see the film because you get so much in this trailer. Right. But again, this is how you market it because back in the day before the internet, you would get maybe one or two cup, two chances to see a trailer. And you, you couldn't go back to the internet to rewatch it. So you wanted to make sure that it was, it memorable. was memorable. And how do you do that? Well, let's... Oh! That was a good kill. There's some very creative kill here. <laughs> That's 20 points! And they're like fucking snorting shit. Yeah, I mean, this film draws obviously from the uh, the, the Corman philosophy. Uh, of just get, let's get gross and crazy. Why, and why not kill a guy with... An ice cream machine. Ice cream machine. And everyone plays such a caricature of normal people that you can't take this seriously. See, when we say trauma, I mean, this is it. I it, mean, it is. It, it's how, what trauma is all about. It's an aesthetic. It's a philosophy. It's a, it's a mission statement. Mm-hmm. You know, everything they've done since then, they've extrapolated this formula in one way or the other. And it's, <laughs> in some cases it works, but then in other cases it doesn't. But no matter what. Trauma always will have an audience. You'll you will never leave indifferent from a trauma film, right? <laughs> you know you're never gonna go meh. <laughs> I, was all right. I mean, I guess you know it's it's this is trauma's polarizing. The, it, it truly is, but ultimately, like I said, it launched an entire Fran- an entire empire was yes. launched from this. And on, you know, if Very you've ever true. listened to um to to Uncle Lloyd, he, he's He's a smart man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's got a persona that he puts out there, but there is, there's, there's some, th- some thought into that. The first Toxic Avenger is a really good movie and probably one of my, out of the best of the trilogy. I, the I quadrilogy. Think, I was going to say, yeah, I think they went, because I've only seen the first two. But I'd watch I watched the cartoon. I liked the cartoon. It launched, yeah, it had a Nintendo game. Right. Like, how does that happen? How many R-rated, only in the 80s, could an R-rated franchise, could something from Troma actually then have an actual cartoon? It's insane. So yeah. we're gonna, we've got our last trailer here for 1984. We're going with Zombie Island Massacre, and this is one I have never seen. I've never seen it either. Zombie how? Island. Ooh, this screams 42nd Street. Yes, it does. Actually, well, you're, you're already getting... And there was no red band on this one, so you were getting nudity. You're getting Voodoo. some. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not racist at all because this is the '80s. There wasn't any casual racism or homophobia in any of the films. But another zombie and violence film, and gore. Yeah, that. How did we? Did the, maybe did this play along with? Um, I think Lair this of is the light worm. Yeah, or this Serpent is more, and the rainbow. More voodoo zombie than brain zombie. Which is, an, again, a whole other genre and subgenre that exists out there. And again, it's another treasure trove of films that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Wow, they're going all at it. <laughs> As, you got to sell the film, man. What, what better way to sell that? Yep. Oh, and you mentioned before in... Ni- oh, there's some severed huh. arms. Uh, 1984, you actually got to see a, a <laughs> few of these films in here, but Zombie Island Massacre, obviously one we missed. Um, if anybody out there has seen it, tell us what it's like. Hit us up on uh, Twitter at Nightmare Junk, on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. Um, 
1984, is, obviously. Is it as gnarly as the trailer indicates? As the trailer indicates? Yeah. Is it well? Hopefully, you know what, God, let it just be 90 minutes or less. I'm good with that. <laughs> if you if you put me in one of those schlocky films that goes beyond that, then you're risking alienation. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the, ni- the 1987 film. Right. <laughs> Visitors, my ass. So, yeah, no, 84 gave us a lot of great films. Uh, obviously, a few you got to see in the theater genius. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of the times we release these in lieu or in time with um, In the Mouth of March Madness. It's going to be a while before we get to like anything in 84, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, we we've gone past we've <laughs> yeah, definitely. If we're still doing it at that point that could be great, but at the same time it could be not great. I am not sure, but no, we always appreciate you guys hanging around with us, especially on a film like this one. We're just Zombie not Zombie Island Massacre. Holy shit. Looks like he shot sourdough actually. <laughs> God damn it with more gun. <laughs> So we're basically closing up here in 1984. So until uh, 1985 or the next time you dream, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. (laughs) 